Hi, I'm Jeanette. And I'm Zeke. Welcome to Oh, oh My Geekers. Geekers. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode where we're finishing up a three-part series on the life of J.R.R. Tolkien. Today we have a guest in studio and his name is Elias. He likes the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit a lot. Say hi, Elias. Hi. Elias, we're going to be having a lot of fun learning a lot about uh, Tolkien, so let's get started. Ella Erendil Engla Beortast Afa Madangard Monam Sended. Hail Erendel, brightest of angels over Middle Earth sent to men. So during the Dark Ages, there was a collection of Germanic mythological poems written by a man named Kenawulf. Kenawulf, okay. There were only 12 of these poets who signed their work during that time. Kenawulf was one of them, and the name of his book was called Christ. Okay, Tolkien pretty much jacked this poem from this Kenawulf dude. So there's Greek mythology. Roman mythology, and a whole slew of other mythologies. In Germanic mythology, the star represents Venus. The star is an angel sent to humanity. And a lot of mythology during the Dark Ages was pretty much mixed with uh, Christianity. So, uh, Zeke, can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so... Uh, England, you remember last time when England uh, got taken over by the Angle people? Yes. So, yeah, with that, they they were pagan at first. Mm -hmm. But then Rome came and they convinced the Anglo-Saxon people to become uh, uh, Christian. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So with that, uh, they mixed myth with uh, myth with Christianity. And uh, in this case, uh, Arendel is uh, a sort of a symbol for John the Baptist. Uh, so the star represents John the Baptist? Yes, the star or angel, whatever you would say, is John the Baptist sent to Middle-earth. Middle-earth is, uh, in Germanic mythology, everywhere is a cause, uh, the universe is a giant cosmic tree, and at the bottom of the tree is hell, and at the top of the tree is heaven, Asgard, and in the middle of it is uh, this place called Middle Earth, where all the humans dwell. So it sounds like Tolkien is pretty much uh, taking the liberty to use Kenilworth's poem for his clever world building, as well as the plot for Middle Earth in his stories. He also translated the poem from Old English to his own constructed language, Quenya in a scene for his book, The Lord of the Rings. Well, that's so cool. So yeah. so basically, there's a lot of mythology mixed within his books. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of, of us don't know that. 
of mythology. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, let's talk a little bit about his wife. I know last time um, he was kind of chasing her around like a squirrel or vice versa. <laughs> I don't know. But tell me a little more about her. Yeah, so uh, last week we left off with him being banned from seeing her. So out of nowhere, after four years of being banned, uh, he contacted her and asked her to marry him. Oh my goodness, what a bold move. So what what happened then? She was actually engaged to another guy <laughs> because she thought that uh, Tolkien had forgotten her after those four years. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, but he, he went all the way over to where she was staying and convinced her to break off the engagement meant with the other dude and marry him instead. Oh yeah, he's bold. <laughs> okay, that's D an interesting love story. Don't feel sorry for the dude. He was a jerk anyways. Oh good then. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to um, World War One. I. I know that um, World War One was going on around this time. So what was his role in this? Well, when it started, Tolkien, to the surprise of friends and family, did not uh, really uh, sign up to go to war at first, but instead waited about two years to finish his education. Mm -hmm. uh, when he entered the war, he was married to Edith, uh, but he was shipped off to France during that time. And during that time, they were basically getting ready for the Battle of the Somme, I believe. I I may be butchering this uh, pronunciation, but it was a major battle. It was bloody, gruesome. It was like... Pretty much probably hell on earth. It was like like more than 20 miles around. And it was like... It was throughout a whole countryside. And wow. it was this battle. And yeah. So it was between Britain and Germany. Mm -hmm. But during... The battle, Tolkien contracted trench fever. That's a disease that killed a lot of people during World War One. It's like a it's transmitted by fleas and ticks and lice. Oh, what do you think about that, Elias? Well, I get how the ticks and fleas and lice would get on him because, like, imagine like going and digging trenches because, and like imagine every time you got burnt out of your trench by a flamethrower, you had to go dig a new one, get more fleas, and catch trench wet fever again. Wow, well, must have stunk too because people were dead in those trenches and it probably yeah. smelled like death. Yeah, and like decaying bodies. And because of the trenches, um, um, all these worms and stuff would eat all the dead bodies. Oh my gosh. So imagine all that stinkingness, and sometimes the worms would die of getting fattened up. Oh, wow. And so on top of that, there's like tons of gross smells. Well, I, I, I read that this specific disease actually gave you a very harsh, harsh fever and also made you very weak. I couldn't even imagine sitting there with fleas and ticks and lice and whatever else 
was in their trench fever. Oh, oh my goodness. It's yeah. hell on earth. Other authors such as A.A. A. Maline, I believe Maline. <laughs> I always pronounced it Maline. He's the guy that uh, wrote the... Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Really? Yep. A. And a. also C.S. Lewis, a later friend of Tolkien, uh, in another battle, he also contracted trench fever wow. and got really sick. Oh my goodness. Oh, some of our favorite authors. And they survived, obviously. Yeah. Tolkien did, of course. Mm -hmm. But a lot of his friends from the TBCS, no, TCBS, mm -hmm. uh, they basically, uh, almost all of them them died. All of his friends died except for one. His name was Christopher. Oh, wow. Christopher Wiseman. So those were some of his friends who were in the club that he... Did he create that uh, club? The tea club? Yeah, he, oh, okay. he, he basically Yeah, it. so if you want to know about that, go back to part two and listen to that episode about that club, the tea club. And... Um, so when the war had ended, Tolkien had become a professor, right, at a really pre highly prestigious university in England. And what was that called? It's called Leeds University. It's somewhere in the northeast of England, but okay. not too far okay. north. Okay. Just... So what did he do there? Uh, he he was a he was a linguist there, but. Uh, during his the meantime, he founded another club wow. called Helped Found. But he uh, he co-founded this club called the Viking Club with his friend Evie. We're Vikings. What do you know? Sorry. He uh, he founded it with his friend Evie Gordon, another linguist. Wow. They did a lot of work, translation work. What did together. they do there? Uh, basically, they all, all the linguists and historians would go over there. And they would read and criticize and... Oh, I like that. <laughs> and create, not books, not stories, but they would actually... They were language geeks. And oh. they would basically uh, read these, read and write these poems in uh, German, old Germanic languages like gothic and oh old english and like old norse so geeky. well yeah i think i would love to be a part of a like a poet society or some sort of club but well, as far as languages you had to nah. you had to like reconstruct the language oh i could do that just kidding i don't know <laughs> okay so Tol tolkien uh, left that place to become a professor of Old English at Oxford. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Oxford, Oxford. Uni Oxford University. He specialized in philology. Philology. It's a branch of historical linguistics that deals with the writing system and comparison with other languages, basically. Wow, very geeky. Even he even translated... The old English poem Beowulf. Ooh, do you know about Beowulf, Elias? I think I remember something. I think it rings about. It sounds familiar. Okay. Uh, the guy that was at the Mead Hall and he was on the rafters and then he went down and got the giant uh, monster and uh, oh, yeah, ripped his that. arms off. Oh, yeah, that. I remember that. Okay, well, maybe we'll have to do a series on Beowulf. Or not a series, but just the podcast. So mm -hmm. Tolkien and Edith had four children. 
And um, one of them, his name was Michael Hillary, um, <laughs> and Priscilla Ann, Christi Christopher, and John Francis. So three boys and one girl. And he, oh my gosh, he, set, uh, he made another club. I don't really know if he did found the other clip, but mm -hmm. I, 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 I pretty much think that he did. But he, uh, he was at least part of this club called the Inklings, mm -hmm. which it was pretty much basically the same thing as the TCBS, mm -hmm. except that these Oxford professors and others would be doing the same thing. And there were uh, about like a dozen in it in the club but it wasn't really Who that were the city. members among this club well among the members was uh hugo dyson i don't know who that is <laughs> but also c.s lewis was a part of that club at that time c.s lewis was an atheist was he just an atheist or was he a devout atheist i think he was a sort of a devout atheist. He, he didn't believe in God, but he was uh, interested in occultic things. Okay. Uh, and he actually, during that time before, he was actually sort of a, had a sort of a perverted mind oh my. at that time. Uh, but basically, Tolkien, along with Hugo Dyson, uh, went on a walk with him through Oxford and they they basically gave reasons uh, for the existence of God and C.S. Lewis started believing in God and then later became a Christian and is now considered one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century. That's awesome. I like that. Um, I, I have a question. Um, what does the TCBS stand for? Tea Club Barovian Society. Yeah, um, you'll have to listen to part two to... to well, because uh, when we watched the movie, the Tolkien movie, I forgot what it meant. Oh, that was in the Tolkien movie? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Hobbit. I'm going to interview Elias and... Um, well, first I'll interview Zeke. So what is The Hobbit about, Zeke, in a nutshell? Uh, it's about this uh, sort of a tiny human. And uh, he... He's approached by a uh, wizard uh, and a bunch of dwarves, and they go on a quest from a giant <gasps> dragon. Oh my goodness. Elias is a hobbit, but I don't think he's out to steal. No, I'm not a hobbit. You're short. Yeah, but I don't have hairy feet. Hobbits have hairy feet and curly hair. Do they all have curly hair? Yep. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, Hobbit was written first, right? And then Lord of the Rings? Or was Lord of the Rings first? Which one? Well, The Hobbit was first. But, like, The Hobbit was meant to be a kid's book. But then after he wrote The Hobbit, once he got to The Lord of the Rings, he sort of made it for, like, um, like adults and kids and basically everyone. So uh, Lord of the Rings is a sequel to The Hobbit? Yes, I think, yeah. Is it, Zeke? Yeah, it's a sequel to The Hobbit. Because it can't be a prequel, because prequel. So A Hobbit is a very short human? A short human. A, 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 not just a little tiny human, like a sh just a short human? It's a short human. It's about 
maximum of a four feet high. Oh wow! So Elias, what is your favorite thing about a hobbit? What I like about hobbits is, um, they're in the books and sometimes in the movies. They're they're um always athletic, even though they're really old sometimes. And in in the Hobbit in the book, I like I liked it when um, there's always this dispute. Of, or was that Lord of the Rings? Oh, it was. I think it was either the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings. They had a dispute about the what was the name of the other hobbits. The... Oh, that was in Lord of the Rings. Oh well, yeah. But hobbits are in the Lord of the Rings, right? Yes, hobbits. The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings are Hobbit uh, stories. My favorite thing about a Hobbit is honestly, I like how feisty they are. I like how. Well, at they're... least the ones we see on screen. Oh, the ones in the book are not. Oh well, the ones in the book are too, but that's. That's only that's only because they have they have they come from the odd families. They're called queer, and uh, basic basically all the rest of them are just uh, people who like to relax and. Oh, I like that about hobbits they, too. <laughs> they like to just stay in their comfort zones. Yeah, stay in their comfort zones. Okay, well, I do like to stay in my comfort home, and I do like hobbit holes, my own comfort home. Comfort zone hobbit hole. That's what I like. But I also do like to get out of my comfort zone and I like to go on adventures. But I am kind of like uh, Frodo. I, when someone says, You're going to go on this adventure, I'm going to be like, uh, No, I, I don't really think I want to do this. And then once I do it, I'm just like, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Do I? Um, I think you're talking about the Ron Hobbit. Am I? Okay. I thought that Frodo was a hobbit, but maybe No, I'm Frodo wrong. is a hobbit. Oh, okay. I said you're talking, I think you're talking about the Ron Hobbit. No, I like Bilbo too. Yeah, but I think Bilbo was the one who didn't really I like Bilbo come. when he was in his comfort zone. I do not like Bilbo when he went out on an adventure. <laughs> um, but that's I not how the story goes. <laughs> Well, I have dyslexia, so I like things backwards. Okay, maybe I need to read the story again. Anywho, you guys aren't helping me out. Yeah, Tolkien's inspiration for Hobbits was actually an interesting story. Actually, it was boring for him. Uh, he was actually grading papers. And mm -hmm. uh, basically, he was looking through these papers, and one college kid forgot to finish up his paper <gasps> it was left an incomplete paper so tolkien was so bored that he just scribbled down in a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit and he really didn't know what he was writing uh but basically that did he know what a hobbit was or was it uh, is a hobbit his own creation or is a hobbit a mythical creature that he knew about well, it's mostly his creation. There's another reference to hobbits. It's uh, called a hob. I, I think it means tiny, mm -hmm. like a hobgoblin, a tiny goblin or something. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and but、um, it's a hob bit. It's like a like a hob. Okay. It, it's like a tiny rabbit. An, okay, okay. So he started writing, like just kind of doodling on some kid's paper. He was yeah,、bored. he he almost gave him、uh, a top grade、uh, for that. Oh wait, the kid wrote this, or he? No, wrote it? he he wrote out of the blank page. Oh, okay. Out of he wrote onto the blank page. He wrote on the blank page because the. Kid、uh, left his、uh, paper incomplete. Okay, and that was the beginning of the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I never knew about that. Well, um, ah,、uh, let's see. Let's talk about the Lord of the Rings.、Uh, who, Elias? Um, who is the Lord of the Ring? Who is the Lord of the Rings? I need to know this, Elias. Or do you not know? Um, <laughs> I thought the Lord of the Rings was the. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't really know because there's. See, who was the Lord of the Rings? It's basically the big bad guy of the second book. It's this guy called Sauron, and he basically made these.、Uh, all these races create these magical rings that. Uh, basically, make the world still magical because at this point, magic is kind of dying down.、Uh, so, so, I the reason I was confused on who is the Lord of the Rings was because there were so many rings and there were a lot of lords. Yeah, spoiler alert for people who don't know about this. But、uh, basically. Why Sauron is What the? What did you say? Something about spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler we should, alert! We、people. should put spoiler alert at the beginning. Oh, really? Okay.、Yeah. Well, so what he does is he makes this、uh, ring for himself. We'll just say it right now. Spoil alert! Fast forward about you know fifteen or twenty yeah. seconds. Yeah, I guess. Okay, go ahead. But he makes this ring for himself that sort of can control the other. All the other rings,、mm-hmm. and basically it gives him super strength and sort of, and basically can control the people that are wearing the other rings. Oh, so he's the Lord of the Rings. Yes, he's. The and Lord there's of one the main ring that is has all the power. But, yeah. Um, because of, but didn't it say because of the um dwarves? How their mind was just like a one-track set mind,、mm-hmm. that he wasn't able to control them much because they were usually just like their one object is to find gold, and just basically just find gold. Yeah, basically the dwarves,、uh, instead of being completely mind controlled, they basically just got greedy and may and started. Making up all these gold mountains, which later dragons would come, and that's what、uh, the Hobbit's all about. Oh, interesting! Now I want to go watch the movie. I do kind of get dwarves and hobbits and all that mixed up, but once I get, I like the movies a lot, and I've only read the Hobbit. I've never read the actual book of the Lord of the Rings, and so crucify me now. Anyway, so、uh, you know.、Uh, Tell me a little bit about Tolkien's inspiration in writing this trilogy, and how have you yourself, Zeke, 
come to love this story so much. When were you first introduced to it? Yeah. Why did it capture your heart? And what was the inspiration of Tolkien himself? So Tolkien himself didn't really want to do Lord of the Rings. Oh my goodness. He actually wanted to do this story he was doing called The Silmarillion, mm -hmm. which we'll later talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the his publishers, Alan and Unwin, I believe, they basically said that the work was too long and too Celtic, so they wanted oh, okay. they wanted another fun action-packed hobbit story oh so he basically made it he was going to make bilbo the protagonist but he thought that bilbo shouldn't be the protagonist then he thought maybe his son should be it but that would lead into uh, him having to explain a lot and then he basically made the nephew because uh in roman in stories the nephew is always the one who goes on the hero's uh, sequel quest. And basically uh, what the ring is based off of is basically this ring that a dwarf made to sort of curse anyone who came into contact with it. And it killed a lot of people and then it ended up sort of cursing this lady who she kept it for the longest, but she had tragedy at every corner, and she basically, I think, killed herself. And yeah, it's 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 called uh, the tale of Sigurd and Gudrun, and it was later adapted into a opera called uh, Wagner's Ring Cycle. Wow, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, it, it basically. Basically, it's about this ring, and Wagner's ring cycle is mm -hmm. where we get dun 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 Eli, so what do you like about the Lord of the Rings? Like, tell me a little bit about what you know or what you like. Well, so far in the books, what I know is that um, I got up to a part in the books, spoiler alert if no one's ever read the books. There's this guy called Tom Bombadil, and he was never even shown in the movies because people thought, oh, well, what purpose does he have? But he has a lot of purpose. And so in the books, um, his name is Tom Bombadil? No, Tom Bombadil. Bombadil? Uh-huh. Okay. Tom Bombadil. Mm -hmm. And so Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin are in these woods, and so they camp by this tree, and when they leave for a few seconds, and when they come back, um, Merry and Pippin, but Merry and Pippin are getting swallowed and eaten by the tree, and... Um, this guy comes along called Tom Bombadil, and he has this weird power of, like, weird thing. Well, not power. Um, if there's these certain songs that he sings, and it'll make certain things happen. And so, he just sung to the tree, and then the tree dropped Marion Pippin. And so... Ooh, I like that. What the purpose... 
of him was when um, Mary, Pippin, Frodo, and Sam are in this fog. They get captured by these weird things. And um, one of them remembers this song that Tom Bombadil taught them. And they sung it. And then Tom Bombadil came. And all the um, things, I don't remember what they were called. What are they called, Zeke? Barrel Whites. Oh, yeah, Barrel Whites. Um, all the Barrel Whites started to, was it die, shrivel up, or run Shrivel away? up. <laughs> yeah, they started to shrivel up. And, like raisins? Yeah, and, um, oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, was it Goldberry? Yeah, Goldberry, his uh, wife. Yeah, Goldberry, his wife. Wasn't she an elf, or was she? Did she just look like an elf? She was uh, called a river maiden. Oh. Did she wash clothes in the river? No. Yeah, and so I forgot to say that they stayed at Tom Bombadil's house, and yeah. And then he put on the ring and wasn't affected by it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. Tom Bombadil grabbed the ring, and instead of turning invisible. Um, he just put it on and he was still there. What? Nothing happened That's to him. That's not good. What's not good? He's supposed to disappear. What if a bad guy got him? No, no, no. Like Noth- those, there was those no... guys in the black hoods? Well, if you put on the ring, you're actually a shining light to the big black guys. Or the all-seeing eye. Uh, the all-seeing eye, so Ooh. that's the worst thing you could do. And then the ring can better mind-control you with the ring on. Well, then how come when he put the ring on, he wasn't invisible? Well, because uh, the ring has no power over him because he's more concerned with what goes on in his countryside. Interesting. Well, I thank you for sharing that little tidbit there, Elias. So we're going to finish up and talk about um, the later years and death of Tolkien. He lived a very long life. Yeah, and he was very famous. He had Mm -hmm. to change his address so that the hippies wouldn't uh, send him uh, letters. Like with drawings of mushrooms and all that on it. Yeah. Yeah, He was kind of weirded out by the hippies, but Mm -hmm. he was like... Uh, Oh, yeah. He was more of a beatnik or no? No, not just, even that, then. Uh, yeah, I watched this thing about Tolkien's life, and it said that people thought his um, books weren't gonna like take off that mm-hmm. much, but when they started taking off, like everybody was like making like merchandise and stuff like that. Wow, well, that's there was the like these there were these um, buttons that people would pin to their shirt, and they would say. Gandalf for president. Oh, how cool. I like buttons. Okay, so um, uh, it, he even outlived Edith and his wife and C.S. Lewis. And uh, he finally uh, passed away by 1973, which was a few years before I was born. So when did you? When was I born? Yeah. Oh, do I have to say? <laughs> well, you, you just indicated that it was around that time. So. Okay, well, 1977. All right. I was more of an 80s kid. But anyway, I was born in the 70s. After the death of Tolkien, um, his... Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about that, Zeke. So his son, Christopher, 
his son Christopher, he, uh, he, he was left in charge of Tolkien's intellectual property. Ooh. So. And he created this never-ending mythology. Not, not, not Christopher Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien, Tolkien himself. Tolkien himself yeah. created a never-ending mythology of, about, uh, well, okay, about almost everything concerning Middle-earth and stories that take place from the creation all the way to the world and up to the Lord of Rings. Lord Tolkien of the Rings. actually started working on this from 1914 until his death in 1973. Christopher Tolkien only published it in 1977. When I was born! Okay, so let's talk about the movie. Elias, did you like the movie? The Tolkien, Tolkien movie. movie? Yes, the Tolkien movie. Well, there were a few points that I didn't like it. Tell me what that was. They made him out to be a drunken teenager that just played around. Wow! Did you know? Did you know that he wasn't like that? Yes. Well, so was it a disappointment? But I like the it war parts of the movie of a, because I'm always interested in world wars and. Yeah. yeah, it was sort of a sort of a bad movie. It didn't do much about uh, his work, mainly because uh, Tolkien Enterprises did not. Uh, uh, fund the movie mm -hmm. uh, Fox did so they weren't allowed to use Tolkien's intellectual property within oh. it so they just had to basically hint around why wouldn't they let them use the intellectual properties well because they they decided to do it before they got Who's permission they? they never got permission uh fox never got permission they just wanted to, do to the, make a movie and then they just wanted to make this movie and they got this director he doesn't really even have many good movies mm -hmm. uh to begin with mm -hmm. and he basically bragged about how he was finnish and how uh tolkien made languages off of finnish which is like saying since i'm indian i know everything there is to know about people who base their books off of indians oh okay so he he just kind of took liberties in he place. took he took liberties mm -hmm. especially oh, that um now i remember what i was gonna say what's that um one of my favorite parts of the movie was when they um um took the sorry am i saying um too much no just go ahead and talk so in there was this one part in the movie where he was in the trench and he looked out of the trench in this drag he saw this dragon and it looked like smaug and then it suddenly breathed fire into the trench but in real life it was just a flamethrower and i and someone was on fire and that was cool i like wow that. you like the action part well, no, it was because I, I'm interested in war, and I thought that because flamethrowers are illegal now, and so I, I, I like to see the flamethrower because... Am I ranting? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, anyway, so we really have enjoyed talking about um, Tolkien, or J.R.R. Tolkien. Can you say his name again, Zeke? John Ronald Rule Tolkien. John Ronald Rule. Elias, try to say that. John Ronald Rule Tolkien. Wow, to me that's a tongue twister. I don't know <laughs> how you guys are able to say that. 
we've enjoyed uh, this three-part series on Donald Ronald <laughs> Ronald McDonald Tolkien. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> John Ronald Roll. Okay, how do I say it? John, John Ronald, Ronald Roll Tolkien. Oh, I said it. John Ronald Roll Rule. Ruel? Ruel or Raul? <laughs> Sounds like a Mexican guy's name, Raul. <laughs> John Ronald McDonald Tolkien. <laughs> uh, my dad's middle name was uh, Donald, and we used to make fun of him. I don't know why, but it was fun. Donald Duck. We used to call him, yes, we used to call him Donald Duck. <laughs> See, as a kid, you would call him Donald and, and he... And then he would get mad and go like... <laughs> All I know is that he did not like his middle name being Donald, and he never told us for the longest time until we were older. We're like, oh, your middle name is Donald? So Ronald and Donald were kind of like goofy names. And so, anyway. Um, we're so, ranting. Yes, we're ranting. We're finally ranting. And we're getting goofy on top of it. Oh, my goofers. Oh, my geekers. Oh my I goofers. want you to say, oh, my geekers, the way you would say it. Oh my geekers. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty geeker. <laughs> How would you say it, Zeke? Oh my geekers. I would say it like, oh my geekers. Like, gag me with a fork. Just kidding. What? Anyway, um, so. I'm gonna make my own language and then I'm gonna say, oh my geekers in my own language. Yeah, that would be cool. So um, one of the things I really wanted to talk about and encourage maybe parents out there who um, are looking to see if uh, their kids are interested in uh, Tolkien, one of the things that you can start them off on is what we do in our home, and it's called world building. So we've built a lot of our own worlds, and we've also built our own languages and even our own... Um, uh, the currency and our own. The, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings actually inspired me to make this world, but I'm not going to say anything. Is it a secret world? Well, you know, and everybody knows, but none of the other were none. None of no one else out there. No knows. other human beings in this world are allowed to know because they might steal it. Yes. Yeah, so. so well, we're building our own worlds and there's packets and packets of different things within their own worlds. Uh, I will spoil one thing. Spoil one thing. It's about dwarves. Oh, cool. So there's dwarves in your world. Mm -hmm. Neato. Yeah. And so, um, and it's so neat to see the different names and the different knives they've come up with their own worlds and the drawings and, and even their own flags. And I could just tell you, it's very fun for them if you, uh, and then they can exchange uh, world building ideas and even help one another yeah. with these world building ideas. Yes, Eek? I have, I have a language. You have your own language already? Yes. Um, are you willing to share that or is it a well, secret? Um, can you speak some of it? Uh, I can speak some of it. Yeah, What's speak my some name? Well, no, just well, speak. Joe, why don't you just say a sentence in your own, in your own. No, wait, say the Arendelle poem. Well, I don't, I no, didn't make no. the Arendelle poem. Here, just say it's something. not that fast. Say something in your own language, Zeke. Um, okay. And then tell us what you said. Medilo si wimirel 
siwimilos, which means I eat ginger root. Oh. I have a one word in my own language. What is it? Or is it a secret? I hope nobody steals this, but I'm gonna well, just okay. gonna say uh, it. No, 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 don't say it. If, if it's secret, don't say it. Don't say it. They're gonna steal it. Don't do it. Right. Keep it secret. You could show me, and I promise your secret is with me, is safe with me. I hope. It, it would be. <laughs> I would never tell a soul. I'd probably forget it. Knowing me, remember I forget everything? Except it might pop out of my mouth one day and I'll be like, where did that come from? <laughs> or I'll be in my sleep and I'll be like, a little sounds like tongues. Okay. Well, anyway. We're ranting again. We're ranting again. Yay. I love well, ranting. Me too. Well, thank you for joining this episode of Oh My, oh my.